button for podcasting. From the Jethro's Barbecue Studios, ask about the Friday KXNO lunch special. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Hi, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon here on a Thursday, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon and Ken Miller with you for the next couple of hours talking sports with you. Appreciate you spending uh, some of your morning here with us. BMW of Des Moines guest list uh, looks like this. At the bottom of the hour, we will speak with our friend uh, Brian Rilko, who is um, the head admin. i got to get his title. <laughs> with the Iowa Racing and Gaming Commission. He's at the top of the list. He is. Uh, so we had Nate Bolton on yesterday uh, regarding uh, the Brian Flores uh, lawsuit, etc., and then kind of dovetailed into that as to what issues may or may not come up when pursuant to sports wagering. Uh, there are a couple of them, according to Brian. So we'll get into that. We will also ask him, and the main reason I reached out to Brian is just uh, you know picked up the phone, called him, and asked him, you know, how far down does it the uh, Stephen Ross, the claims that he was paying his coaches to throw games, uh, how, how far down or up does it have to go before it appears on state regulators' desks? Because this cuts at the integrity of the sport. And he said that, um, ironically, there is a, a a meeting, an integrity meeting, a weekly integrity meeting uh, amongst uh, regulators in states that have sports wagering today. And he thinks that uh, this will be a pretty big topic oh, sure. and very well attended uh, meeting. So we'll talk to Brian about uh, some of those some of those issues at, at ten thirty. Frank Schwab covers the NFL and sports betting for YahooSports.com. He'll be busy with us uh, at uh, ten forty five at eleven oh five with the um, with Kirk Ferentz meeting the media yesterday with the second signing day uh, yesterday. Kirk Ferentz met the media. Fred McCaffrey met the media. We thought, what a, we probably should bump up our buddy Tom Kakert, and we will. And then we'll get into the Big 12 uh, basketball-wise with Matt Postens from Heartland College Sports. Get to him about 11.30, Trent's Play of the Day, sponsored by Circus Sports, coming up at, uh, well, just before we get out of here at noon. Big night in the Valley last night. Mm-hmm. Big night for Kofi Coburn and those Fighting Illini, they were, because Wisconsin was there, I'm assuming that's why that game was able to be played. Because you didn't want you call me an old man for bringing up the weather yesterday on the show. Old man Miller. Uh, but, but that storm, I'm, I mean. We're not going to be hearing about random games that you're watching. No. It's going to be the weather channel next. Yeah, I guess. You're probably. trending that direction. Yeah. <laughs> but I knew it was going to be a bad one, and it's going to prevent the Hawks from getting to Columbus today uh, and that game being played. And, uh, they they promised they're going to make it up. Both schools are determined to make the game up. and ma- There is a window. Iowa plays like a Tuesday, and then they're off for almost a week late in the season. Okay. I didn't go as far as to look at Ohio State. So. Well, and there's a pretty major problem because Ohio State still has a game they need to make up with, with uh, Nebraska oh. that was canceled. Oh. And because of that, Uh-oh. Ohio State was very determined to try to get this game in mm. as much as possible. Of course, 
with the weather. And did I also have, did I see something with a plane mechanic? Trent, something I've was seen off? both. Yes, yeah, okay. I've, I've seen both. I thought I saw it and I couldn't remember mm-hmm. where I saw no, it. No, you saw it yesterday because okay. I saw the same thing. Uh, mechanical issues with the plane. Um, apparently, you know, Wisconsin had mechanical issues with their plane mm-hmm. after the game last night. Right. They're still in Champaign. Um but regardless, the game won't be played tonight. So, so it might be more problematic on the surface, is what you're saying, to mm-hmm. find a to find a date that works for both schools. Because I think, with the exception of one week, I was got that, uh, you know, Tuesday Sunday or okay. type of t- two games a week schedule. There's only I think one week that had um, just a single game schedule. So we'll we'll see where that goes. Obviously, it's an important game uh, in the conference, and fingers crossed they get it in. We do know that it won't take place tonight. Last night, Trent, I was. Well, Wisconsin and uh, Wisconsin, Illinois had my t- attention, but prior to that, it was uh, it was all about the Valley, and Drake just rolled uh, yeah. again. And and when you look at this team, the balance that they got from their starters, scoring every one of them, either fourteen or fifteen points uh, from from their starting five last night, they just absolutely crushed Indiana State. So I was, I was watching that, then I swip, switch over and watch our buddy Cappy and Jordan Burnfield. They had the Loyola game, which was a rout. Mm-hmm. I could not find the UNI game. Did you? No. It was not on ESPN Plus, I don't think. And there's another ESPN that I don't have. Oh, is it the ESPN3 part of it? Yes. So that's the one where you have to sign in with your direct TV credentials as opposed to uh, your ESPN Plus credentials. Gotcha. Now, I think you can sync them because I've done that in the past. Interesting. Yeah, I, I couldn't find the UNI huh. game, so I was just following it on uh, you know Twitter or on the box score. But and they got down ten two right away. Did they really? Yeah, looked like. And then Burhouse seemingly was. Uh, yep. You know he he was not their savior, but he certainly played well. But this Drake team, watching them play last night, the Valley's going to be. It's so unfortunate because these teams are, I think, pretty evenly matched at the top of this conference. Four good teams. I think on all four of them can head to St. Louis. With a legitimate thought in the back of their minds, hey, we can win this thing. Mm-hmm. We can win this thing and punch our ticket. But point being, it seems like, unfortunately, that's what it's going to take, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's, unless Loyola, what do they got left now? They have, let's see, one, two, three, four, they have eight games left. If Loyola would go seven and one and then lose in the conference title game, that would put them at even 25 and seven. Mm. You know, Metrics like them, mm-hmm. maybe there's an outside shot that that can happen. Well, of course, sh- if they run the table and they win ten straight here, and then they all the lose, way through, and then lose in the conference championship, I think that's a different conversation. So I think but, that's what we got to hope for. Yeah, they basically got to be perfect. Yeah, all the way through. Well, that means beating you and I twice and Drake once. Mm-hmm. We don't want to see that. No, and you and I and Drake play at the Nap Center on Saturday night, five o'clock. I believe is the time after the meltdown from you and I, which is part of their basketball DNA mm-hmm. now, isn't it? Yeah. You're it's, talking about the game against Drake, the yeah. overtime game? Yeah. After that one, letting a 10-point lead dissipate mm-hmm. as quickly as it did and then losing in overtime. They had a, what, four-point lead at one point, I think, in OT. Yep. And you just think of you and I hoops, and that's a part of it. You go back to, of course, before the collapse against Texas A&M in the NCAA tournament. That Texas game, they also... <laughs> they collapsed in that one, too, yeah. and Jesperson hits the half-court heave and game over. Yeah, we forget about that, though. But that was the same kind of mm-hmm. thing, and... What, the year that they beat Evansville on the, oh, who was the guy? The Cedar Rapids kid transferred back from Tennessee, Washburn, West Washburn. When he hit that shot against Evansville, high off the back of the rim, goes straight up into the air, drops through, and you and I goes to the NCAA tournament. They blew a lead in that one, too. It happens a lot. Is it a Ben Jacobson thing? 
I, I mean, it, it's his teams, and yeah, you don't see teams right? kind of fall apart like they do. Well, in we certainly games. saw it in the Drake game uh, yes. earlier this year. This is gonna that'll be a fun one. I wonder what the uh, ticket avail is like. It's got to be a pretty tough. I've I mean, gone probably a half dozen times to this game over mm-hmm. the last decade. Go pretty much maybe every other year. Mm-hmm. And it's usually, say there's, what, 7,000 I think is what the NAP Center about seats. It's always north of 5,000 yeah. in there. And it's 1,500, sometimes 2,000 when mm-hmm. I is really good, I fans that are there. Now there's 10,000 I alumni here in the city, so a it lot of people like make that. It seems like a pretty good time to, I mean, it's a 5 o'clock time. Right. A little basketball, a little dinner afterwards, a exactly. couple of drinks. Yeah, it's kind of sets up well. These yeah. are always well-attended games, and you're right. Now, is it going to be a point where it's just all of a sudden week of singles available only, you know, oh, something you like wonder. that? It'd be great for the NAP Center. It too, would. To have those, those kind of games because looking at the crowd on TV on Sunday, talked to a couple of people there, said the environment was great for that one. They had the whiteout against Loyola, and they got it done, of course, mm-hmm. on top of it. So they've continued to brand. That's ESPNU, the U and I, this, this uh, game, 5 o'clock Saturday. Drake as Des Moines' hometown team. Is it gaining traction? From your vantage point, has has that gained traction? What they're doing? Well, they, trying- there's such a steep hill to climb to begin with. Look, I don't think it's. Yeah, as I've said many times, I like what Brian Harden has done mm-hmm. over there. I really do. Um, has it gained traction? Drake's hometown team. Well, if it if it's going to gain traction, it has to be someone like me <laughs> that didn't grow up here, right? That didn't go to school in Ames or in Iowa City. Or as a as a Panther grad, um, is a sports fan that's looking for a team. But there's a there's a group of us out there like that. I think it has. You know, I yeah. I notice more of those casual fans, the ones mm-hmm. that aren't hardcore Cyclone Hawkeye, the ones that are willing to. Hey, it's a Tuesday night. Let's do something. Well, I do notice more of the blue T-shirts, right? Yeah. Drake hometown team. I yeah. do. I think it's it's caught on a little bit. Mm-hmm. The winning helps. I mean, that has to be a part of it, too. And if if it continues at this level, I think the the hope always was what Omaha, what happened with Creighton. Right. Because you go back in the day, and you go back to the 80s and 90s, and they're playing at the Omaha Civic Center, small building, a little bit bigger than the Knapp Center, but a small building, and it grew. And you had all this insurance money over there, and you're looking for something, there's no NBA team, there's no professional right. sports, and it built to that. And that's the hope of what Drake's going to be. Now, was it kind of perfect time? Perhaps. But great basketball was good. Yeah. But it wasn't year after year top 25 either. It just they were able to kind of tap into something. It helps the Nebraska basketball stinks. Now that's also <laughs> a big part too. Because I know many people over there that are great basketball fans and Nebraska football fans. You're probably not going to get much of that here. No, you're not. You've got your allegiances. You're black and gold or cardinal and gold, mm-hmm. and it runs pretty deep, and thankfully it does for what we do. Right. So, a uh, fun night in the Valley for both of the teams last night. Good stuff. Uh, apparently, the UNI game was over in the eastern part of the state on KCRG. Oh, okay. On one of the uh, 9.2. So, gotcha. maybe it was out there, and I just uh, couldn't find it. Yeah, like there. Saturday's game against Illinois State, that was on Channel 23 here, KCWI. Oh, was it? Oh, yeah. then maybe it was on. There was a yeah. pretty good chance it was on, and I just didn't think to look there. And I've seen some weekend games that have been on there in the past don't know weekday but yeah i've seen it there which is always nice it's just mm-hmm. you and me we're, we're old we just like to flip the tv on as opposed to having a fight with the ipad or a tablet or using the smart tv and all mm-hmm. oh, and now my trade, trade you my old for your old <laughs> i'm good there yeah, thanks that you are all right uh coming up on the program looking forward to catching up with uh, frank schwab where are you on this super bowl matchup is it 
You know what I'm spending? I spent more time on. Well, I spent. I'm already buying futures for next year in the NFL. So I came across a. uh, (laughs) Already, yeah. Well, I I saw a story yesterday. Whether it's true or not, but I mean, I bought it. Uh, Brett Favre. Uh Brett Favre. Aaron Rodgers. Oh, okay. I thought we were going Brett Favre. Aaron Rodgers. Was this 2008? He sold his house in California, and guess where he's building a new home? Sold his house in California. He's built Tampa. No, Ybor City, Nashville, Tennessee, outside the, oh. the outskirts of Nashville, Tennessee. Wants to go. Well, Herb Street used to live there. Well, and here's the thing: it's an AFC team. Yes. Who would you rather have, Ryan Tannehill or Aaron Rodgers? I don't have to think who has on that Derek, one. No, that's not a very tough question. Derrick Henry, those two receivers, pretty uh-huh. gifted. AJ and Julio, absolutely. A really nice defense. A good head coach. So I'm thinking to myself, you know what? What if there's something to this? And if so, what's the corresponding number at Bet Rivers or at DraftKings or at Circa? 28 to 1. That's what you had him this year. It's exactly what I had him at this year. You were feeling good going point. into the playoffs. I was feeling good. Chad, I had this thing surrounded. I don't have the Rams. It could have been worse. I didn't have the Chiefs. I told you in August to take the Rams. Why don't you ever listen to me? I do sometimes. Um, <laughs> Usually the wrong time. But yesterday I just jumped on Tennessee because maybe that makes sense. Yeah, I, I I can buy it. I can too. I don't see him going to Tampa Bay. Why would you want to follow Tom Brady? That's a good point, right? Yeah, I don't think you follow Tom Brady. I don't think because he, he was only there two years. Yeah, but still, it's Tom Brady. Yeah, um, and they have what? I think of, I saw the fifty-three man roster, like twenty-four guys are free agents. Hell, right. And that's what he's going to be leaving uh-huh. in Green Bay. Right. Said he doesn't want to go to a rebuild. He's got a better roster in Green Bay than he's going to have at Tampa Bay. On the offensive side of the ball, mm-hmm. in particular. Uh, but Tennessee, well, and if he does end up there, all of a sudden this price is going to come from 28 yeah. to 1 to what, 12? I think you're talking me into something here. Right. Uh, so, but back to back to our conversation. There's Cincinnati and the Rams. Are you all over the Rams? Is there nothing that can talk you out of this? No, I'm going to hedge a little bit, uh-huh. at the very least, on the futures that I have with the Rams. I also... Right away when the point spread came out, and it was four when I opened up my apps, mm-hmm. I grabbed Cincinnati. And, again, we are still, what, nine days away mm-hmm. from the Super Bowl. But I am leaning back the Rams' way. Now, one thing I found interesting, I was listening to Warren Sharp, a uh, football guy and also a betting guy, and he was talking about some of the numbers analytically of how you kind of beat this Rams team. And after... What we saw Cincinnati do in the second half and how good they were defensively going into that drop eight. Think, well, can that work against the Rams? It can. What you don't do against Matt Stafford is blitz him. He was by far the best quarterback in the league this year against the blitz. It wasn't even close. Number two was well behind him in these metrics. So that's part. All right. Does that make sense? Can you drop eight? You can. And the reason for it, you can't go man to man against Cooper Cup. No, no. This metric has basically measures above uh-huh. average. If you're a one, that's good. If you're two, that's excellent. Uh, in this metric, against man-to-man defense. Cooper Cup was a 4.6. I mean, just unheard of in this metric that he had against man defenses. So you can't do that. So what Cincinnati did would work well. But then I come back to McVay. I come back to McVay, that performance in their last Super Bowl a couple mm-hmm. years ago, mm-hmm. and how that aided him. It did. And how disappointed he was in his game plan. And what was the final? 10 3 or 13 3. 13 3? It was a game that some people say, I mean, impacted him going into last season. 
just because of how disappointed he was in his game plan against Belichick. He had an opportunity, maybe didn't have the quarterback, you can argue all that, but regardless. So I'm feeling good about the Rams bet that I have. I have a ticket right now in Cincinnati, but ultimately when it gets to Super Bowl Sunday, I'm still up in the air. And that's kind of a good thing as you continue to break this down. But I'm I'm wavering, I'll say at the very least. How about you? Where are you leaning? Well, I mean, I've got a ticket on Cincinnati, so I'm sink or swim with them right now. I I just I'm I'm putting all my eggs in, in Joe Burrow's basket. You are. I really am. You know what I can't wait to watch? I can't wait to watch Chase V. Ramsey because that's mm-hmm. a, that, that's appointment TV. These are two of the best at their respective positions, right? And you know damn well that they're going to see each other all afternoon or evening. It's the defensive line. I get it. Everybody's pointed out you're 100% right to do so. It's gain, gains in the middle is a pain in the you-know-what. I mean, everybody yeah. knows Aaron Donald. Everybody knows Von Miller. Uh, Troy Reader, etc. But Gaines is a hell of a nose tackle. Uh, Leonard Floyd, got to bring him into the conversation as well. Going up against the what's perceived to be the weakness of Cincinnati, and mm-hmm. that's offensive line. But I think Burrow's going to get the ball out on time. Um, it's a better problem for him. It has. In, in I mean, he gave up nine sacks earlier right, right. in the playoffs. He's a guy that'll hold it an extra beat. And because of that, mm-hmm. well, you get the nine sacks and the 50-some sacks that he had during the regular season. That's going to show up here. That would be the biggest concern. I, I get on the surface level. That's kind of, I think, where a lot of people are going to go and probably pick the Rams because of the woes that we've seen with the Cincinnati offensive line. But it's a fun matchup. Yeah, it's not sexy. It's not, you know, going to get you know, the world excited about it. It's not the brands that we know. It's mm-hmm. not a Steelers, Raiders, Packers. It's nothing like that. But it's a fun matchup and one to kind of decipher and dig deeper into. And Burrow in year number two, already with three playoff victories and. Mm-hmm. Taking Cincinnati to the Super Bowl for the first time since the season. Uh, both tight ends are questionable. Higby and Uzama both got uh, both got injured. Mm-hmm. Um, there's hope that both are going to play, but they both play a big role. I'll tell you what could be the difference in this football game. And I didn't think it would ever. I mean, I wasn't sure he was going to last till the end of the year. Odell Beckham Jr. has been really good. Yeah, and he has been a by all accounts a terrific teammate. Um, you, you saw him uh, consoling Samuel after the game uh, after the uh, NFC Championship. Um, he's been terrific in this playoff run. I took my initial foray into the props Did last you? night. And did you do the circus squares yet? I haven't. I you're, did. You're, you, I know you've got that thing surrounded. You're all over the place <laughs> with the circus squares, which is such a great concept. It truly is, you know? We talked about it yesterday, yeah. and if you missed it yesterday, basically you think of the old squares board. Right. They're still available. So turn the clock back to the 70s, folks, if you were alive at that time. Or 80s. Or, or 80s, for yeah. Me, yeah. You're walking into a bar or a restaurant or you know, a place that you frequent, and sports betting is never going to happen here. Um, there's no, there's no, there's no iPhones. There's nothing yet. <laughs> yes. So you got those squares at the behind the bar, right? And you want to claim a couple of those squares because that's your only opportunity to have some action. But the thing with those squares and the square poster board that you had, right. you didn't know what numbers It's all yet. random. They're just all random. Here at Circa, pick your number. You want seven and seven? You can buy seven and seven. You and want you, three and zero? Right. It's all yours. And it's a different set of odds. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first quarter, uh, what did I? So I bet I got seven, seven. Both, both sides. Get, uh, the quarter ends in seven. The last digits at seven for whatever team. I think it's plus four fifty in the first quarter. That goes up like significantly. Oh, really? Sixteen to one, eighteen to one in the third quarter, and I think thirty-five to one if the game ends with both teams having seven. But regardless, every number is available with every whether you want the Rams, whether you want the Bengals. You can bet five dollars. You can bet whatever you want. But it's 
It's fun. Yes, I And like it's that. a tremendous. And we're going to talk about this time tomorrow. Mike Palm will join us from Circa. I, I think it's going to be incredibly popular. He mentioned we did our TV show yesterday, and he was on with us, and Mike mentioned that they had the old school squares, and they just had posters. Before Circa was right. born, yeah. And they'd have these Super Bowl parties, but it would be board after board after board as everybody's coming in and firing away at them. Mm-hmm. They said, well, is there a way that we can do this and do it basically through sports betting? And they came up with this. Yeah, you're right. It's absolutely great. But the reason I brought up the props is because my eyes were hinting towards Odell. Cincinnati doesn't have... Great cover corners, regardless of what Eli Apple thinks. No, Eli Apple's not good. He I sucks. totally agree with you. I mean, he's the reason he's bounced around the league right. as much as he has. And it. he talks, and he th- he thinks he's Jalen Ramsey. And he's not. He's not. No. <laughs> no, he, no. But they're going to be concerted. we got to slow down Cooper Cup. You just mm-hmm. have to. Yeah. So because of that, is this an Odell game? So that was one that right away I was looking at, looking at some of his totals. And, of course, he can, you know, plus 45 yards receiving. Well, that's mm-hmm. minus Four hundred, and then you keep going through, and so that's one that I kept an eye on. I was looking at that, and the tight ends also because well, of the injury. They're both hurt, right? And the injury concerns there. I was looking at them and just kind of trying to find out more there. I didn't find a ton of information last night. Eyes went there. What I liked over on the field goals, I saw a two and a half that was I think minus one twenty mm-hmm. over two and a half. Two good kickers. Now Gay, of course, has the injury and hurting mm-hmm. the length of field goals here. And both of these teams have struggled at times inside the red zone. So that's one that jumped out to me over on two and a half field goals. But well, keep oh your powder dry because there's no, well, listen to me. I just bet next year's Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah look at you. But <laughs> <laughs> what I was going to say is we, have, we haven't even scratched the surface with the number of props that are going to be available yeah. here in the next little while. Uh, you can bet, uh, I saw, I think it was, you can bet who wins the coin toss. Yeah, it's about minus buck two each side. Well, this was at, I think, Caesars I was looking at, at Old William Hill. And it was either Cincinnati or Rams to win the coin toss. Mm-hmm. By the minus... way, how is their app? I, I've never downloaded it. Is, is it's it good. good? Yeah. Is it? Yeah, yeah, I like it. Didn't they have problems, William Hill, at first? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And they were kind of first to the board, right. and it was difficult. And for the first few months until DraftKings got going... It's such a good app. It was pretty much the only one. I remember PointsBet was out there. I downloaded that one. I still have money in all these accounts. Mm-hmm. 80 bucks here, 120 bucks there. I should probably just cash them out at some point. Maybe that's before baseball season. We'll do that because baseball doesn't go nearly as well as football and basketball. Better future. Right. Well, you do that too yeah. and try to get a big profit out of it. But that was the first one there since it. So, how did that work? Did Caesars buy out William yes. Hill? Okay. Yes. I wondered because as I was evolving and now you had to re-download the new app and, and things like that. It's sharp. It's nice. But it was minus 101 on both sides. Rams. Or Cincinnati, heads or tails, was even money on both sides. How's that work? Were they underwater early on one side, maybe? I have no idea. I just found that incredibly odd when I saw that. I I found it incredibly sick that you're actually even looking at heads or tails. I will be betting tails as I do every single year because tails never fails except for about half the time. Except for about half the time. We will take a time out. We'll talk to Brian Rilko, more sports wagering, but we're going to localize it. Uh, What's coming up here as far as uh, any bills that may have sports wagering tentacle to them? And how big of an issue? Is uh, is the NFL have on their hands with the assertion, and apparently there's receipts. Did you see that's part of the story? No. And this was reported on the NFL Network, who, by the way, Stephen Ross owns a 32nd of the NFL Network. Mm. 
And the NFL Network was reporting that someone else overheard Stephen Ross offering Flores a hundred thousand dollars. That's not you know don't go into this game wanting to win. Um, we'll talk to Brian Orilko on that and how far up the ladder it has to rise before it gets to the states. But it cuts at the integrity of the game. Uh, Frank Schwab will be here at ten four ten forty five or thereabouts as we take you until noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station. But prior to that. Almost caught myself there, Trent, mm-hmm. going into the break without giving the keyword. Go to KXNO.com. It's time for another $1,000 slam dunk. Oh, by the way, yeah. there's been seven winners in the building, five of which seemingly have come since Monday. It's hot. But the, it's not the, hot in this station. Well, the random dialer is hitting up Central Iowa, so let's make it happen on KXNO. Because WHO, I think, had four of them. Yeah, it sounds right. And the bus had one of them, and KXNO got blanked. KXNO.com, your chance for a $1,000 slam dunk. When you get there, enter the keyword happy. Happy. KXNO.com, your chance to win a 1000 Miller and Condon joined by Brian Arilco next. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Free. Epic class. Now back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. My Canadian lad over there. I found the curling. He's going nuts. You know, we got to talk about this sport. Oh, geez. Not now. At some point. I thought we were in back. When was the Salt Lake Olympics? 2008? No, it was before that. 2004? Maybe. Two, maybe? I was working with Bob Dyer. Okay. I thought we had funding to build a curling club in Des Moines. Oh, really? I, we talked the hell out of this. And, and look, it's, it's, it's a play. I'm telling you. Yes. It's a, you tried it? Have you ever tried it? Uh, no, not you, like you the would, big level. You would love it. Love I, it. I love playing skee-ball with a little thing at the bar where you know you just slide right. your thing down on the sand. This is doing it on ice. Well, and, and the bar aspect is still in play Absolutely. In, in this sport. It, it's so much fun. Do you know there's a curling bar that has all the curling events on TV all the time? <laughs> and it's still in business? Down under, yeah. Really? Yes. That's Big awesome. curling bar. That's awesome. Brian, and real cool. One of the bartenders was telling me all the things to bet on leading up to this Olympics. Is that a fact? Yep. Uh, well, we'll do more. I, I, honest to God, I didn't realize until last night that the Olympics had even started. Crazy. Uh, let's get Brian Rilko in here. He is with the Iowa Racing and Gaming Commission. Uh, reached out to Brian, pick his brain a little bit on uh, maybe the fallout from the Stephen Ross, the the claim by Brian uh, Flores, his former coach, that you know my owner's uh, going to pay me a hundred thousand dollars to to lose the yeah. football games. It, it cuts at the integrity of the sport. Wanted to see uh, Brian if he's uh, if this appeared on any of the state's radar, regulators, etc. So here he is. Hello, Brian Rilko, Trent and Ken, how are you? I'm doing good, guys. Good to be here. Nah, nice to be with you, Brian. As always, we appreciate the relationship. So when you heard the story, um, you know what was the first thing that went through your mind as a regulator that there's a claim by one of 32 NFL head coaches, and then it's been subsequently backed up by um, by Hugh Jackson among others that his owner, the, the Cleveland Browns, he wanted him to throw games and was willing to pay him. Uh, that strikes right at the integrity of the sport. Um, when you heard that, Brian, what was your thought? Yeah, just a wild uh, story and a very serious allegations, and you know this. Uh, really does hit uh, with a number of the things that that we're paying attention to and and that are important in order to keep this industry uh, from a gambling standpoint clean and and so um, it is something we're closely monitoring. You know, up until this point, the NFL has has actually been kind of 
um, uh, a model in terms of of what regulators like to see in terms of releasing injury report, mm-hmm. injury report transparency. Um, yeah, very specific, and it's something that um, we don't see in a lot of the other leagues. And, and you know, we have inactive lists that come out, um, you know, in advance of 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 uh, the games. And so, you know, uh, so I, I really do believe that uh, the NFL will do a thorough investigation. We have a great relationship with the NFL. Um, there are over thirty jurisdictions now that have an interest in sports betting, and so. Um, uh, you know, disregarding gambling, uh, you know, putting that aside, I think it's just important for the league's success that the public has trust mm-hmm. and faith in the league. And, and so I, I think they will, will do a thorough investigation, but it is something that, that we closely monitor and we have tools that we use and, um, um, when, when stuff like this happens and, and even, even beforehand, just to, just to try to make sure that, uh, when customers are wagering that they're, they're wagering on markets that, uh, that are fair. Brian, you shared with me in our conversation that you have a weekly integrity meeting where, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's regulators from states that, uh, uh, that allow sports wagering, uh, that you guys meet on a weekly basis via Zoom or via conference call, uh, just to keep up on this. And, um, it just so happens that one of these is scheduled for today. And you thought that, you know, maybe, uh, this, this meeting may be as well attended, uh, as any of the ones that have come before it. Yeah, that's exactly right. And so, uh, one of our integrity partners uh, hosts a weekly meeting. It's something that we attend uh, every week, Thursday, eleven o'clock. And uh, 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 this, for sure, will be a highly attended meeting. And um, you know, for this agenda, a number of the things we'll be looking at, you know, uh, before this uh, came out, was looking at the Olympics and the different Olympic markets and um, uh, and what markets. Uh, um, uh, appeared to be safe or if there were any integrity concerns. But on these meetings, uh, we, uh, the integrity partners, uh, they have access to data that uh, individual jurisdictions do not have. And so, so they'll receive all of the information if they're seeing irregular betting patterns or, or, or getting insider information. Those are things that they'll share on these calls. And, and then uh, uh, there are anywhere from 20 to 25 regulators that also participate. And so the regulators can share uh, the various activity that they're seeing or, or if there's concerns. And it's just really a great opportunity for us to learn uh, what's happening. I mean, Iowa is kind of a smaller market compared to some of the other markets. And so um, when, when we are communicating with other people uh, from other states, uh, it really does uh, help us understand if the markets that we're offering uh, are, are good and fair markets. Going up to uh, what the anniversary uh, coming up in August of sports betting starting a couple of years back now here in the state of Iowa. Speaking of that integrity, we know and we see these bets come across all the time. Somebody bet half a million dollars on this side of an NFL football game in Nevada. What would have to happen? What happens for you guys if you see a slew of big bets coming in on one side inside our state and it's maybe also happening at one of the properties inside of our state is that something that directly the casino the sportsbook operator contacts you do you guys have something that bells and whistles go off when some of those things that maybe look a little bit shady how does that all go down how does that break down here at the state level yep so at the state one bet uh one bet alone uh likely would not trigger anything um um uh, specific uh, each casino I mean, they ha- obviously have 
uh, a large incentive to make sure that that um, that they are uh, not uh, winning, uh, losing um, uh, uh, because of any sort of cheating. And so one uh, event alone likely will not raise uh, uh, red flags. If we start seeing um, multiple bets, or typically what would happen is you'll see smaller bets as as if somebody's taking a run at something that is staying under the radar, we'll, we'll maybe spread that out over, over various sports books. And it's, it's when we see that activity, uh, maybe something that we look at and what we'll do is, is notify all of the licensees that we're starting to see uh, some, some activity uh, on, on one side uh, or the other. And, and just to, uh, uh, communicate with us if there's any suspicious behavior that they may see with individuals placing those wagers. But, but, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's, um, a lot of times that you, you, you have to, uh, you know, also consider the markets and, you know, it's not unreasonable for these books to get, uh, really off balance on one side or the other. And those are risks that they take. And so, um, you know, there are, have been very, very few instances of situations that um, we've been concerned with, and typically when we do see those instances, they're typically people that are that are running bets uh, for people either outside of the state or mm-hmm. or, um, or or for other people, which you know technically is something that you know really uh, cannot happen in this state. Brian, we got like ninety seconds left. Uh, I know legislature in session. We talked to uh, State Senator Nate Bolton yesterday on the on the Flores issue uh, as a whole. Um, have you seen any bills, Brian, that uh, that caught your attention that will fall under your purview? I mean, certainly far, far away from becoming law, and I'm not asking for your opinion whether you think it will or won't, but just is there anything that's out there that maybe our audience would be interested in pursuant to um, whether it's table games, whether it's sports wagering, anything that uh, in, in, the, uh, in the gambling field? Yeah, so there's actually been quite a few bills that have been filed already related to racing and, and gaming, and um, uh, probably the one uh, that would be most interest, uh, interesting to your listeners, uh, we there was a bill uh, that is uh, listed more as a non-controversial uh, bill. Uh, the industry is backing this bill, and it is that bill that we've talked about in the past that would uh, authorize uh, the different markets, esports, charity events, drafts, player of the year uh, awards. And so uh, that market uh, or that uh, particular bill is in subcommittee today um, and is being uh, kind of listed or framed up from the industry, something that uh, that they believe is, is a non-controversial bill. So, so that's something that will impact the listeners and we're watching closely. Um, there was also a bill, uh, the iGaming bill that was filed, but, uh, you know, that is a bill that does not have a unanimous uh, support from the industry. And so we'll be monitoring that. But um, uh, without that support, uh, it, 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 you know, it, it may be a heavy lift. And so those are two bills we're watching. But there are definitely uh, other other um, things out there, uh, especially some bills related to racing and simulcasting uh, that, that I believe um, um, may have some potential uh, to move here. And we'll be watching those. Uh, wagering on the NFL draft? Uh, so we uh, that is part that of it. Is part yep. that is part of this bill uh, for sure, and so I think that is something that uh, um, uh, we'll be watching and, and could happen and will happen if this passes. Good stuff, Brian. We're out of time. I appreciate you popping on short notice. Thank you very much, Brian. Looking forward to following this story. We'll talk to you down the road.
All right, thank you, guys. Good to talk to you. Brian Arilco from the IRGC. He's the director of gaming with the Iowa Racing and Gaming Commission. Frank Schwab covers the NFL. He's next. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station. 106.1-800 bets off. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. Let's get right to our friend Frank Schwab, yahoosports.com. There he covers the NFL. He covers sports wagering as well. He's a busy guy. He's got 10 minutes for us, so we'll get right to him. Hello, Frank. As always, thank you. Trent and Ken in Des Moines. Uh, The last thing the NFL needed, in my opinion, was the assertion uh, that a uh, one of the 32 owners, now we find out that Jimmy Haslam also uh, may have uh, tried to uh, bribe Hugh Jackson, Bribing their coaches to uh, to lose football games is an awful look when you consider how a widespread sports wagering is is now in this country. It cuts at the heart of the sport. This is something that uh, to watch closely. And I know the NFL is doing uh, their own investigation, which frightens me. Uh, but this is um, this this is a bad story, Frank. Oh, it's terrible. I, I mean, I've you know. I, if this is true, and we don't know, like, I mean, you, you, Brian Flores is going to have to prove this, right? Like, yeah. uh, but uh, to me, it's 10 times worse than Pete Rose betting on baseball. Mm-hmm. I, because Pete Rose, I mean, for, for everything that's been said about Pete Rose, there's never been any proof that he bet against the Reds or through a game or anything like that. And you're right, this, I, to me, it's not a gambling story. I, I mean, I get it. There's there's kind of the 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 offshoot there but it's it's just to the integrity of the game and when you have an owner saying allegedly hey i'm going to pay you to lose games well if that's true and brian flores has evidence of that and can prove that i don't think stephen ross should own the miami dolphins anymore i think he should be forcibly forced to sell that team like that's how much it just yep. you cannot do that like you cannot that is again that, that's that's legitimately the integrity of the the entire thing the entire league that is this is the Black Sox scandal. And, I, I mean, it, it, since it came within this huge explosive lawsuit, it's one of those, like, it's it hasn't gotten, uh, you know, shoved under the rug or anything, but there's just so much to talk about that I don't know that this is really getting the the attention it deserves because I think this, if, if, if Stephen Ross and or Jimmy Haslam did bribe coaches to intentionally lose games, again, this is the NFL's Black Sox scandal. It is. It's it's horrible. It's a bad look. It is, and and those men should not be allowed to preside over those NFL football teams anymore. I believe. Well, Brian Flores, of course, and you think about this too. We know when we've seen it continually. African American head coaches being fired with better records than their white counterpart points. And now, so right. Brian Flores has put together a great career record when you look at what he walked into. But if we would have lost another two, three, four games, whatever it turns out to be, that record isn't as shining. And now he's like Hugh Jackson that can't get a job, even though Hugh Jackson feels that Cleveland did the same kind of thing. And you go back throughout the history of these coaches being fired, and because of not always being that kind of metric, it's just it all comes together and seeing. Brian Flores, he's got a lot of merit, it feels like, to this suit. Uh, yeah, and, you know, and, and that's the thing. I, I don't – it's it's hard to say every single thing in that lawsuit is or isn't true. I don't know. Sure. But I believe that when you look at the overreaching uh, angle here, the, the story, and that we've – even this coaching cycle, we've seen black coaches passed over for their white counterparts when – what does Kevin O'Connell have over Eric Bieniemy? What does Nathaniel Hackett have over Byron Leftwich? If if the Texans hire Josh McCown of all people, 
what does he have over Todd Bowles? Like I, and you know, I get the frustration in that these, you know, these guys who I just mentioned, Pat Graham, or you know, I talked to Marvin Lewis on Monday, or you know, I mean, a, 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 uh, uh, yeah, Jim Caldwell is another. Yep. You look and you say, well, a lot of these guys are saying, what's the difference between me and this guy? My resume is better. It's hard for them not to feel like it must be the color of my skin. David right? Cooley and it's not to be fired. saying that in 2022. But, but what other what what other <laughs> reaction could they possibly have when you see not only yourself getting passed over, but uh, a lot of people just like you? Uh, Frank Schwab, YahooSports.com is our guest. Well, Frank, let's get uh, let's get into the game. Um, on the surface, maybe not what NBC wanted. I love the Joe Burrow story. I don't see how anyone can't. Uh, you get the Rams back to back years. A, a team that resides in that stadium after never happening has got an opportunity to win a Super Bowl. Your thoughts on the matchup, Frank? I like it. I think it's a fun game. I, I think it, you're right. I mean, ratings wise, would they have rather had Chiefs, uh, 49ers? Probably. I, I mean, let's be honest. But I think the matchup itself lends to a good game. There's something about this Bengals team. It, it, they don't show up, I mean, in advanced stats or anything. They're not the strongest team. They probably should be underdogs in this game. But you know what? They're just not scared of anything. They they weren't scared when Joe Burrow was sacked nine times at Tennessee. They weren't uh, flustered when they were down 21-3 Kansas City. Look, when, when it was 21-3 last week, I was like, all right, what am I going to do for a couple hours? Like this is this game's over, and they just don't feel that way. This is a new Bengals era, and a lot of that comes from the quarterback. They just have a swagger about them. I really am impressed with this Bengals team. So I think we're going to get a good game. Two great quarterbacks, stars on each side. I think there's going to be a decent amount of scoring. So I'm I'm excited. I think this is a very good matchup. And even though, yeah, like NBC might not have picked these two teams out of a hat if they had their choice, I think they're going to get a good game out of it. Frank, we were talking a little bit earlier about Sean McVay and that appearance a couple of years ago, getting obliterated at what Belichick and that defense did against him. No one ate at him, but being there, going through this process, the week off leading into it, all the hoopla, everything else, what kind of advantage do you give that to McVay and the rest of the Rams that were there a couple of years back over the Cincinnati team because of that? Right, and I think any time, you know, any experience helps, any walk of life. I mean, you go through it once, you fail, and he did. He's been, he was very open, like, I, you know, he said, I got out coached. I got, I failed. I didn't do my job well enough. He's, he got me. And I think that having that self awareness and now going back and doing it, you're like, okay, this is what I did wrong. This is what I'm going to do differently. That maybe, and not that Zach Taylor can't win because he doesn't have experience or Bengals can't win because they don't have experience, but it's, it's an edge. Like, you know, okay, this is what I, I need to expect. This is what I'm going to do differently and better. This is why I screwed up the last time. Of course, there's an edge there. And I think that that, that helps them tremendously. Doesn't mean they're going to win, but. It definitely look if, if when you go through that when you know you, you hey I screwed this up okay the next time if I'm gonna get another chance I'm not gonna screw this up and I don't think he will I, I think they're gonna be very well prepared I think they've learned from their mistakes against the Patriots and and they'll be ready this time I think I'm gonna ask you a question Frank that's impossible to answer uh, when it comes to Jim Harbaugh as, as to what happened with the, with this cat <laughs> he's such a different bird right I mean the stories that I yep. read he thought that after the zoom this past weekend that it was his job he was getting on the airplane they're gonna roll out the carpet and offer him a job put the contract in front of him. it was all a formality what do you have any idea what happened because it seemed like it was a done deal only to fall apart 
Uh, yeah, I, it's a weird story, right? And I I don't know. And he is he is a different dude. Like there he has been since forever, since the days even with the 49ers when they were really successful, he was he was just different. And I don't know, I, maybe the Vikings screwed this up too and expressed to him in a way that he thought that okay i'm I'm in uh, i'm just going as a formality i i don't know i don't know what happened but yeah it is sort of unusual stories i'll tell you that and hey whatever michigan gets their coach back for at least now and and you know he can you know maybe underachieve for another six years there like he started this michigan career oh sorry that's the wisconsin alum coming out in me but right um yeah yeah, the uh the the, you know it's just weird and i don't think we've heard a lot you know i think there was something said about you know he's never leaving or whatever well okay we'll see like he'll be he'll bubble up again and and we'll go through this dance again but this this story for certain is is pretty strange uh speaking of going through this dance we got 90 seconds we'll let you go we know you have another commitment uh top of the hour uh Aaron Rodgers, it's going to be a topic that's going to keep coming up and up and up until some, there's been some resolution. When do you think we will know? Will we know by the middle of March? Uh, when do you think we know what's, what's, uh, what's going to happen between 12 and the Packers? I don't know. I mean, I assume before. You always assume with the stuff that the team and the player, too, you know, kind of wants to get it done before free agency, especially if Aaron wants to leave. Like, I think... You know, last year it kind of it, it was happening so late, and then you know once the draft pa- the draft passes, it's hard to pull off a trade at that point. Like, what are you going to do? Like, <laughs> you're you're not doing this for next year draft picks. You don't know where they're going to be. You don't know. So I think that for both sides, they want to get this resolved before free agency starts, so they have a clear idea. If and if you're the Packers, you want to know: Am I building a team around Aaron Rodgers, or am I? trying to figure out what I can get for Aaron Rodgers or is Aaron Rodgers going to walk away? Like, I think that this needs to be settled before free agency for the best of all parties, but you never know. I mean, Aaron Rodgers isn't under any obligation to tell them, but <laughs> by March 11th or whenever it starts. Uh, so we'll see. I think that we'll probably hear some news maybe by the end of this month, but you just never know. It, it would be ideal for both sides, but you just never know how it's going to go down. Frank Schwab, YahooSports.com. Frank, thanks for doing this. We will speak with you in the off season. Appreciate it, Frank. Absolutely, I appreciate you guys. Good to talk to you. Frank Schwab, YahooSports.com, as we get the latest from one of their main go-to guys over at Yahoo. Love the work that he does on the gambling space. Yeah, and his wheelhouse. Yes, I was uh, talking, emailing with, uh, texting with Chris Andrews a week or two back when he was out there last and just said, yeah, Frank's one of the good guys. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, he's one of our favorite NFL mm-hmm. guys we get on and... Glad to have him part of our Rolodex, no doubt. Yeah, absolutely. We should even uh, if he's a Wisconsin guy. <laughs> we should find time for Chris Andrews next week. That's a great uh, call, South Point. Uh, Going to be crazy, crazy, crazy. I think he got his props out before anybody else. It wasn't an extensive sheet. Mm-hmm. Um, Just those initial ones. Yeah, I mean, people in Vegas last weekend, right before they got mm-hmm. on their plane, they wanted to live in a state that unfortunately doesn't have it. Uh, anyways, we will come back. We're going to get into Iowa with Tom Kaker. Kirk Ferentz and Fran McCaffrey both uh, met the media yesterday, the second signing period uh, for the football. Uh, some news coming out of it that the quarterback – Battle is wide open. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Heard that before, have you? Yeah. Uh, we'll get into that. Of course, the uh, basketball game tonight with Ohio State has been postponed uh, until later on in the season. Tom Caker kicks off hour number two. Matt Poston's on the Big 12. 1130 Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO.